As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see. Last couple programs, we said that you need to remember your vision. That's what we talked about on Monday night. On Tuesday night, we said that you need to make a review of the facts. I mean, a real statistical review. Look at the numbers. Numbers don't lie unless you make them lie. You can make numbers lie, but I'm talking about an honest review. Look at the numbers. And then we said in last night's program, once you've looked at the numbers, then you need to hold yourself accountable to somebody. You need to make a report. You need to confront yourself with the reality of what you have failed to do or what you have done well. You know, if you've done well, rejoice in it. That's a great report. If you have failed, you need to be honest about that as well. And tonight we're going to come to the next point, which is great for tonight because it's New Year's Eve when people are making New Year's resolutions. But instead of making a resolution, my friend, it's time for you to make a revision. Everybody say revision. 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 And that's what we're going to talk about. By the way, we're also offering you my book called Promotion. Anyway, all these products are available at our website. But let's talk tonight about a revision. Why would anybody need to make a revision? And the answer is very clear. We have blurred vision. Mm. Sometimes we think we can do more than we can do. Yeah. You know, Joel, you've been giving this example every night that in Russian we have this phrase, how do you eat an elephant? How? One bite at a time. One bite at a time. Well, if you think you're going to eat the whole elephant in one meal, you have to make a revision. That's delusional. That's delusional. And a lot of times when you begin a project or you begin stepping out the vision which God gave you, you don't know how hard it's going to be. You think it's going to be easier than it really is. You don't understand the complexities of it. You think it's going to be able to be done quickly when in fact it's going to take a long time. It's like somebody who says, you know, God has called me to write a book and I'm, I'm going to write a book this week. No, you're not. <laughs> That's just a lack of experience. And at the end of the week, when you realize you wrote a paragraph, maybe, then rather than just berate yourself, you need to make a revision because you've learned it's going to take a little bit longer than you thought. Or if you say, I'm going to lose 50 pounds this month. Well, you're setting yourself up for failure. You're not seeing things right. It's a little ambitious. You're not going to lose 50 pounds this month. You need to lose 50 pounds, but you need to make a revision of your plan that's realistic, that is something you can really do. And I want to give you a scripture tonight from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12, that has really helped me through the years. And in this verse, the Apostle Paul says, For we now see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. In this verse, Paul is talking about blurred vision. And notice he says, for now we see through a glass darkly. The word now, the Greek word arti, means presently at this present moment we see. The word see is a translation of the word blepo, which here means our discernment, our perception is through. The word through 
really means through, like trying to peer through a window or peer through something that's hard to see through. And it says a glass darkly. Well, guess what that word glass means? It has two meanings. The first meaning of this word glass is a mirror. Well, how do you see through a mirror? Well, you have to understand this word. Roman mirrors, Greek mirrors, Egyptian mirrors, mirrors of the first century were not glass. They were metal. Hmm. And they were highly polished metal because they did not have mirrors. But even if you polished it and polished it and polished it and polished it, when you looked at that metal, the image was still pretty blurred. So in order to really see yourself, you'd have to look from one angle and another angle and another angle, and you'd have to really scrub and polish and polish and polish. And as hard as you worked on your mirror, you probably were going to have a blurred image. Mm -hmm. And the word glass can also be used to describe Roman glass. Now, Denise didn't know I was even going to speak on this, and look what she's got wrapped around her neck. This is Roman glass. This is real Roman glass from the first century. This is a particular piece from Israel that we got from a friend of ours. Beautiful. Roman glass was usually blue or green, usually bluish, and it was flawed. This is filled with air bubbles and all kinds of flaws. It has a beautiful patina, but because of the patina and because of the flaws, you can't see through it. You just cannot see through it. And I didn't know she was going to wear that, so I brought this. And this is really a slag of Roman glass from the first century. Look at that. You know where I found that? No. I found that in one of my favorite shops along the Via della Rosa in Jerusalem, sitting on a shelf way, 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 way back in the store next to some ancient artifacts. And it sat there for years and years and years. And year after year, I'd go by and I'd look at that glass and I'd think, you know, I'd like to have that piece of Roman glass. And finally, one year I was in Jerusalem. The guy said, Mr. Renner, how many years are you going to look at that? I said, until you lower the price. <laughs> he said, it's yours. And so I came home with this, but this really is Roman glass. Well, you know what? You can't see through that. What can you see? Blue. You see blue. If you hold it to the light, you can see the light coming through, but you can't see the light very clearly, can you? Mm -mm. And in fact, it seems like the light just reveals all the defects. Mm -hmm. If you hold it up to the light, it really shows you all the defects. Here, let me see that. I want to put my flashlight up to Here you go, Joel. Here you go. Let's show, let's show that to our home group. Look at that. See, see? You, can see, you can see something through it, but you really can't tell what's on the other side. Well, that is what the Apostle Paul writes when he says we see through a glass darkly, which means in this life, we don't always see everything clearly. Now, who wrote that? The Apostle Paul wrote that. The man with revelation. The man who had more revelation than anybody else said at the very best, our vision is blurred. But he said one of these days, when I see Jesus face to face, all the defects, all the blurs, it's all going to be removed and I'm finally going to see everything clearly. But until then, sometimes we just don't see things as clearly as we wish we did. And when you're setting goals for your life, 
sometimes you don't see clearly how to set your pace. You just don't see clearly how to do it. The project is going to take much longer than you understand. It's like this week, somebody contacted me and they said, oh, I'm going to produce a TV program and here's what it's going to look like. And they sent me an example of what they wanted to do. You know what? I just started laughing out loud. I thought they do not have a clue how hard that is to produce. They do not have the money to produce such a program. What was the problem? Lack of experience. And we have a lack of experience. You often make mistakes in your projections and in your estimations. And when you make a mistake, don't berate yourself. Just learn from it and make a revision. Joel? You know, yesterday we talked about making goals for the next year and re reviewing what you did in the previous year. Well, the first couple of years I wrote goals for the next year, I didn't review anything I did throughout the year. And at the end of the year, I looked at what I did and I got kind of discouraged. And I did, and that was one year. The next year got a little better. The third year got even better. And as I, I got more experience planning out what I want to do with, with a year, it got better and better. But I know people who, you know, they made big plans they had never made plans in their life for the year in advance. And they got a little discouraged. And they just they decided, I'm never going to plan again. I'm never going to write down my goals for the next year again. Well, that is not the right response. Just because you did a bad job planning. That, that, that doesn't make any sense. You just need to learn how to plan better. And it takes a few tries to learn how to do that. Like you said, lack of experience can be very disappointing. Well, Denise, we've had to revise a lot of things, haven't we? You know, when we made the decision that we were going to build a big church building in Moscow, I thought it would happen a lot quicker than it happened. Moscow was a brand new market. We were new to Moscow. We had a lot to learn. We were not even ready. We were not ready. It took time for us to know where we were, to know what we needed to do. We had to have time to raise the money, to develop the architectural plan. And there's a lot of things that you think you're going to do really quick, and you're not going to do it really quick. And if you have had an unrealistic goal, then you need to make a revision. Mm -hmm. And one of the dumbest things you can do is to stick with the old plan because you're embarrassed to say you made a mistake. Mm -hmm. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody. You know, I have a piece of paper downstairs <laughs> in my house where we live and where I sit near my lamp and my chair and where I read and where I write. And I have a list of projects, things that I want to do. Well, first of all, I've learned to live by plan. I keep the vision in front of me. I know what God's called me to do. It's not abstract. It's not something that is obscure. I can see it. I know exactly what it is. And I am constantly reviewing to see where I am in my progress I'm constantly making a report either to Denise or to Joel or to Paul or to somebody else about where I am in my progress and what I need to change. And sometimes when I look at that list about book projects that I'm working on, I have to make a revision because I've just thought that I was going to do more in one year than I could possibly do. And guess what? Sometimes I need to make a revision because I'm able to do more in a year. Sometimes you can do more than you thought you can do. Mm -hmm. So there's all kinds of revisions. But you know what, whether it's your personal life, whether it's how much weight you're gonna lose, how much money you're gonna save, how many bills you're gonna pay off,
or whether it's you're going to make a change in your church or in your business, revision is just part of the game. You just have to constantly be revising as you go along because new things become obvious and you learn new things you didn't know before. And if you're just too proud to change because you don't want to say you made a mistake, well, then you're going to make a mistake that's much bigger. You have to be willing to say, you know what, that was not realistic. It's time to make a revision. Joel? I've realized that, you know, after planning and planning and making mistakes and making revisions, if you work on the big things for the year first, usually all the little goals will fall in line. And also another observation, I don't know if this is helpful or not, but, you know, sometimes one goal can compete with a different one. For instance, let's say you want to change the roof on your house and you want to pay off your car. Well, those are two wonderful goals, but it takes finances to do both of them. And sometimes you have to, those, those goals can compete with your finances. So it just, it just takes time to learn how to do it and to do it wisely, and you need experience. Denise? Well, uh, recently I started taking voice again. And uh, even though I have, you know, recorded albums and sung all over the world and a lot of concerts, uh, you, you have to keep your voice, you have to keep working on what you've been given. And, and so I started working again and, and I thought, oh, yes, I, I know what you're, I, I think to myself, I already know what this teacher's going to say. I already understand. I already know what I'm supposed to do. And I make the mistake of not presenting myself as a learner and, and thinking that I know it all when I'm not able to do it all. I expect myself to do it, but I'm not able to do it all. And it's taken time for me to even understand that. I just thought, eh, I can just pick this back up and we'll just we'll just go forward. Well, it just hasn't been that easy. And so one big I would say a plus for me is this revision is to realize, you know what? I gotta work harder because I'm not where I was. And and that's that kind of honesty, it might be a little bit painful. But if you don't look at things honestly, then you can't really move forward as productively as you want to. And it frees you from an unrealistic expectation. Mm -hmm. Because if you're moving according to something that you cannot do, then you're going to feel like a failure all the time. Mm -hmm. Better to revise. So, you know what? I need to modify this. It's just wisdom. Joel? You know, it's been said that people underestimate what they can do in a decade, but overestimate what they can do in one year. And I think that's the truth. Say that again. People overestimate what they can do in one year and underestimate what they can do in a decade. Huh. And I think that's the truth. So you don't have to make huge plans for every year. You know, you can even make a plan and reduce it by 20%. But if you do that every year, over 10 years, you'll be a totally different person. Totally different person. You know, I can give a really practical example of revision. A vision and a revision. For my regular TV program, 
almost every program, I'm in some unique location somewhere in the world. Well, those stand-ups are very difficult to do. They're very difficult. Maxime, you're with me. Joel, sometimes you're with me. To get to those locations, we have to walk through creeks, up hills, over rocks. Snakes. Snakes. It is unbelievable what we do to film on those locations for our TV viewers. But I want to take them into the sites of the New Testament. I was speaking to one TV ministry. And I said to them, if you were going to do stand-ups like this, how many would you do in a day? They said, well, they're so hard to do. You have to carry all the equipment. You've got to travel. You've got to drive. You've got to walk. <clears throat> we would try to do at least three a day. Well, guess how many we do? We try to do 25 a day. 25. Once we did 30. But that's the goal. That's the goal. If I find it is unrealistic, then I revise. But you start with a goal. And often my TV producer, who's also one of my dear friends, he'll say, there is no way we're going to be able to do 30 of these in this location. I said, well, let's just start with the goal. And when we get there and we get moving, if it's too much, then we'll know and we'll revise. You can always revise. Don't get stuck on a goal unless you're really assured that you can do it. In our particular case, we revise every time, don't we, Maxine? And that's okay. It's what we need to do. Maxine? Yeah, uh, when you were uh, talking about uh, not having enough experience, several years ago we decided to record a music album. And uh, Pastor Denise, it's going to be an honor for me to sing this duet with you. And we prepare. But I thought we would do this album in one year. We set this goal. I didn't know it takes so much time. All these musicians have to prepare all the soundtracks. So we moved the date. We had to move the date twice. But finally, I hope that in, in the beginning of, this, of the next year, we will start recording our voices. You're right. The date can move, but it's important to stay focused and to... Make sure you finish it. Yeah, that's what's important, that you, that you do what you said you were going to do. Do your best to stay on track if you can. But if you find that you cannot, don't beat yourself over. Just revise and keep moving forward. Progress is progress. Amen. Amen. I just keep, you know, I think that every day is a gift. And Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, Jesus said this. He said, don't worry about tomorrow for um, tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Jesus lived one day at a time. I know that he came to die, but I truly believe he lived one day at a time. And I think that, I mean, I know this is how I live, Rick. I revise almost every day. When I get up, I'm like, okay, what's my purpose today? What's my goal today? And actually we ask each other, yeah. what are you going to do today? We, every day we go through, all right, Denise, let's talk about our plan. We kind of live by a plan. We find that it makes life more productive. And every day is a gift. Every day. Amen. And and it can hold so many wonderful things. But if we don't see it as a gift, and we just think, oh, gosh, I can't wait to go to bed tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes you get so tired, you look back at that bed when you're making it and think, I'm going to visit you tonight again. <laughs> 
<laughs> but but to take a hold of that day and say, God, you've given me this day. 24 hours you've given me, Lord. I don't want to waste it. And, and I want to do what it is that you put in my heart. Help me through this day. Look at it every day as a privilege. Okay, we've seen, number one, we have to remember. Number two, we need to review our progress. Number three, we have to make a gut-level, gut-wrenching report, just totally honest, confront ourselves with the truth. Then we saw tonight that if we have thought we could do more than we could do, maybe we need to revise. But wait, there's one more R. Restructure. You may need to restructure things to get to where you need to be. Hey friends, this is Rick Renner and I have a big announcement, so pay attention. Starting in January, Home Group will only be Saturday nights. We've decided to really focus on Saturday nights. We wanna bring you the very best, but we want you to join us. Every other night of the week, we're going to replay our regular daily TV program, except Sunday night. And Sunday night, we're going to have what's called teaching of the month. It's going to really be good. But home group will be Saturday night. So please write that down. And don't forget, home group is moving to once a week on Saturday nights. And we'll be waiting for you right here. If you enjoy that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.